then we'd probably look closer to a slug than how we look right now. Personally, that's how I would envision it and it's pretty ugly. <laughs> it's a pretty ugly picture. So glad that we have muscles or we would be slugs pretty much. Hey guys, welcome back to the Fitness Lifestyle Fundamentals podcast where you learn easy to understand and apply fitness fundamentals to help you become consistent in your fitness journey and therefore creating the very best version of yourself in and out of the gym. I'm your host, Alexandra Rubin, NASM certified personal trainer, PPSE pain-free mobility coach and behavioral coach. Welcome and let's get to it. Today's topic of the day is going to be on muscles. What are they? How do they work? And how do we build them to create the life we, the life or body that we desire? Understanding how muscles work is going to be a huge part in helping you to be effective, efficient, and just make your life a million times easier in the gym. Took me a long time to understand how muscles work, debunking some myths along the way, and it's helped me tremendously in my ability to shape the body that I desire within genetics, generally speaking. Making sure that you understand what muscle that you're targeting so that you are working out efficiently and effectively, not creating any imbalances for yourself and doing things a safe and proper way is really gonna get you farther along the way than if you were just kind of doing things because you've seen other people do them. First thing that we're going to go over is what is a muscle? What's its purpose? How does it move? Essentially, a muscle is something that enables you to move. <laughs> so pretty simple. We would not be able to move from point A to point B without our muscles. If we were just bones and organs, then we'd probably look closer to a slug than how we look right now. Personally, that's how I would envision it, and it's pretty ugly. <laughs> it's a pretty ugly picture, so glad that we have muscles or we would be slugs, pretty much. The easiest way to understand that is thinking of your muscles as a lever system, right? Levers move, they pick things up and move it from uh, A to B. I pick things up and put them down, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the greatest. Um, so with that being said, muscles make us move. They work on a lever system. The easiest way to understand that is resistance, fulcrum, effort. Just three words, right? So resistance is easy to kind of understand because if you think about resistance training, working out using weights, right? Lifting weights, resistance training, kind of one and one in the same. Um, resistance is the load or the weight. So that could be, let's say for a body workout, that could be simply the weight of your body. Or it could also be, you know, if you're doing bicep curls, it would be that dumbbell in your hand or whatever, you know, the bar, whatever you're holding. Now the fulcrum, the easiest way to understand this is it's a stationary pivot point. So if I'm taking a look at my arm, I have, let's say I have a dumbbell in my hand, I have resistance, I have the fulcrum, which enables me to pivot up and down to curl. And then to understand what the muscle is, I have my bicep muscle right here, it's effort. So it's actually what makes the arm move because it pulls upward 
on that resistance, making the weight move up. Think of it as it takes effort to lift up the weight. Now, the second important thing about understanding what a muscle is, is actually how it moves. So the way that it move, that it creates the effort to move that resistance is by shrinking. So this is where we get into eccentric and concentric movements. No matter what level you are in terms of fitness, you should have a pretty good understanding of what eccentric versus concentric movements are as it is very relative to literally everything that you're doing in the gym, whether that's the weight you're pushing or breathing or bracing and drawing in, which we will actually go over the next episode. So the easiest way to tell the difference between an eccentric movement and a concentric movement is that concentric equals contract, eccentric equals elongate. So when you are concentrically moving through movement, your muscles are contracting, they are shrinking, which would be when I'm doing a bicep curl, my bicep is actually shrinking to actually be able to pull that resistance up. Whereas the eccentric movement in a bicep curl, when my bicep is elongating, would be releasing it all the way down. That's a very easy way to think about what the difference between eccentric and concentric is. Concentric, contract, elongate, eccentric. The only thing I'd say about that is that it's based on whatever exercise movement that you're doing and you already have to have prior knowledge as to what the eccentric motion is versus what the concentric motion is. So it's kind of like a, a what hatched first, the chicken or the egg, where you kind, you kind of have to already know that information because during a squat, right? You would have to know that the eccentric motion is when you were lowering down. But in order to know that when you're sitting back and down for your squat, that's the eccentric motion, you would have to know that your hammies, glutes, and quads are elongating as opposed to when you're standing up and pushing that bar dumbbell, kettlebell, whatever resistance, or if you're it's or if it's your body weight, if you're pushing that upward, those muscles, which are your hamstrings, glutes, and quads are contracting. So you would already kind of have to have a general idea of these are the muscles that I'm working. This is the eccentric movement. This is a concentric movement. I would recommend that for someone who is a little bit more advanced. If you're listening to this and just kind of wanting to expand upon your knowledge in your fitness journey, that would be a, a great and challenging way to really get more in depth about why are you using the exercise movements that you are and is there a way to be more efficient in them right are you targeting everything that you want are you doing the wrong exercises uh based off of what your goals are also another thing to note is that the way that a muscle attaches to the bone is through a tendon not to be confused with a ligament which is bone to bone for example with your humerus bone there is a tendon then you have the bicep and it attaches to the humerus that way or if we're looking at your hip bone to your femur you have ligaments attaching to one another 
All right, and then you have muscles surrounding those ligaments, of course. There's two types of muscles that attach to your bones, that being what's called type one and type two muscles, or type one is slow twitch muscles, type two is fast twitch muscles. Slow twitch muscles, or type one, is typically going to be active when you're doing something like long distance running. They're a lot slower to fatigue. They have a lot of capillaries which are bringing blood in and are able to sustain for a long time. However, in order to create a lot of effort all at once, like pushing up all at once for a squat, uh, they're not so great at that. Now your type two muscles are very quick to fatigue and they create maximal produ production of, of effort quickly. So your bicep muscles, for example, those are type two muscles because they're very quick to fatigue. If you're lifting really heavy weight, doing really heavy curls, you know, only a few of them are going to take you out before you have to take a rest. If you're looking to, you know, be doing some more long distance running versus doing a lot of resistance, it's important to know what's going to fatigue quicker and what's going to produce maximal effort. And if I could have you guys take away one thing from this video, it would actually be on probably the two fundamental muscle groups that you will want to be exercising and building resistance and strength in as a beginner, which is your posterior chain and your deep core muscles. Let me tell you why. Your posterior chain muscles is pretty much all the muscles that run along your backside, all the way from your traps down to your calves. It's really important to work these muscles out because it's what keeps our posture right and what enables us to actually lift heavy weights, do resistance, and be capable of all the things that we want to do. These muscles have more of a role in our everyday life, such as standing up and sitting down than our anterior or front muscles. So it's really important that we take a special care to making sure that we are working out our posterior chain. Um, typically, you can do this with a lot of pull exercises as opposed to push. If you think about push exercises, they're typically on your anterior or frontal plane and your posterior is pull. So we will get into that later down the line, but something to note is just make sure that you are doing your posterior chain workouts. Typically, my ratio around push to pull is three pull exercises for every one push exercise. The reason behind that is again, I wanna make sure that my posterior chain is nice and strong, is supporting my spine, it's supporting my body so that I can have proper posture and so that when I sit and record, you know, for hours at a time during my podcast, I have no problem getting up. And when I'm older, you know, we are less strong. It gets more difficult to put on muscle and build bone density. I want to make sure that my back is strong so that I'm not suffering from back or hip issues. Um, and, you know, I'm 80. I want to be able to play around with my grandchildren and I'm sure um, that's something that you would like to do as well. So having a strong posture change chain really is a fundamental in fitness and 100% would recommend as a beginner focusing on rebuilding your posterior chain. 
This is especially important if you have back pain as well, or if you're someone who's maybe a little bit more advanced in the fitness industry and you're lifting really heavy weights, whether that be deadlifting, squatting, whatever you name it, definitely make sure that you are building up that posterior chain. So your lower back muscles, all the way from your neck down to your calves, all of the muscles in the back. In addition to your posterior chain, it's equally important that you are making sure that you are working out, strengthening, and building up your core. Now, when I say core, I don't just mean your washboard abs and the obliques and the V-line and all the things that market that's marketed to us. What I mean more specifically is your global and your local muscles. Most importantly, your local muscles. So what is a local muscle and what is a global muscle? Your local muscles are local to your spine and they're closest to your spine. So deep core muscles that actually keep your abdomen upright, keeping pressure around your spine so that it's not shearing or your discs aren't getting harmed for excess rotation. This is really, 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 really important and I cannot stress enough how many people I've spoken to, including myself, who have had tremendous, horrific back pain for years and years and years, and it didn't go away until they started doing exercises that strengthened their deep core, those local muscles. Typically when people have back pain, it's because their spine can't support the weight that's on their body. Think of your core as a plastic water bottle. The plastic surrounding or making up the bottle is your global muscles, so your outer muscles, and the water inside represents the abdominal pressure that is created from your local muscles that keeps your spine stabilized and keeps your spine in place. So if we have global muscles, but we don't have strong local muscles, it's very easy to squish or even twist like so the spine, which is why a lot of people have back pain because it's very easy to squish or twist the spine you know, and gravity right here, gravity crunching down on the spine because there's no intra-abdominal pressure from the local, the local core, the local muscles that are supporting your spine. Your spine just gets crushed and smushed. This is what happens to a lot of elderly folk who have back problems because they don't have the local muscles to support their spine because as we age, our muscles slowly deteriorates. Now, if we have a strong local core, it's like having tons of abdominal pressure or like having a completely full water bottle, right? It's, I can barely squish this. I cannot twist, I mean, I can barely twist it at all. I can't squish it like this, right? There's more pressure that's supporting the spine inside as opposed to this. And that is why it's really, really super important to make sure that you are working out your local muscles first and then your global muscles for more of the aesthetic. Now, in order for those global muscles to show, that's more of a nature of dieting and body fat, but 
that's for another day. However, speaking of fat, I'd like to debunk the myth right now that fat turns into muscle. We gotta take a step back and step away from that because it's very far from the truth. There are multiple different ways that in which your body burns energy. Fat is stored energy. Your muscles need energy to produce movement. So instead of just fat literally turning in, like I'm envisioning it morphing into muscle as many people do believe that, I have no idea where that came from, but the reality of how it works is that the body needs energy, it breaks down fat, it creates energy that then supplies the muscle. All right, so the way that you would burn fat is being in a caloric deficit or having a ton of muscle that requires a ton of energy. So, you know, something I've told my clients before and something that is very true is that someone who already has a lot of muscle, it's easier for them to burn energy because their muscle requires it. Someone who has more fat and less muscle will actually have a much harder time burning fat, which is why a caloric deficit or eating a lower amount of calories is necessary to burn fat because their body doesn't necessarily need excess calories because it already has energy stored. A little bit about that and we will actually get into that more in depth when we go into nutrition. The last and final thing that I'm going to touch upon is actually understanding how your muscles grow, right? We've already defined what a muscle is, how it works, how it's able to move us. Um, we've gone over what eccentric and concentric movement is, figuring out what your target muscle is, debunking some myths, and as well as going over the importance of your posterior chain muscles and your local and, well, particularly your local core as well as your global core. Now it's time to understand actually how do we build muscle. The more tension that is placed on your muscles, the more there are these tiny little tears that are created in your muscle fibers. When you are recovering, your body will go into the muscle fibers and repair them like building little bridges, giving you have the proper rest and proper caloric intake and protein intake so your body actually has the energy to repair. Another way to optimize your gains in the gym is leveraging mechanical and technical failure. Personally, I prefer technical failure. The reason behind that is technical failure essentially means that your technique has failed you and you're getting sloppy with your form. Typically that comes with muscle failure, um, which is mechanical failure. So the mechanics of your muscles have failed. Um, your mind may believe that you're able to push more, but your muscle just doesn't have that maximal effort. It's completely fatigued. It cannot push out another rep. So the reason I prefer the technical failure is because I'm really believer in that form will get you a lot further than having shitty form and lifting heavy weights. 
personally. Failure is a great way to get over plateaus if you are plateauing, but it's not something to be done at every set and every rep. The reason behind this is that you can definitely overtrain, overuse your muscles and create injury. On top of that, there are some studies that have come out saying that it actually impedes your mind muscle connection, which is not a great thing. If you're pushing some heavy weight, you've been training to failure constantly, all of a sudden you think you can push that weight, but your body can't and you crumple up under that weight. It's not a good, definitely not healthy. So again, you know, this is something that's more for the advanced lifters out there, but something to keep in mind, even if you are a beginner, just focus on form for now. All right, guys, so that's all that I have today on muscles. That is your fitness lifestyle fundamentals, the foundation of muscles, really what they are, how they grow, how they move, you know, the different, the two different types of them being slow twitch and fast twitch, eccentric versus concentric motions, picking out your target muscles, as well as going in a little bit deeper about your posterior chain and your core muscles and failure. So thank you guys so much for showing up. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you like this content. Next week, we will be covering these six fundamental movement patterns. These are really important and everyone getting into the fitness industry should be able to do these properly. These are the foundations in which your entire exercise routine should be based off of and you should be able to do them properly. So we're gonna go into a little bit on that and I will see you then.